Welcome back to to the podcast. Yes. Welcome back. It's been a little while, huh? Yeah, it feels like Let's it. Let's see. We've had a couple weeks off. Couple, couple Have we? we? Well, almost it, a couple weeks. It feels like, yeah. yeah. We've had things come up and yeah, sick kids and all that fun stuff. Life sort of gets in the way, right? It? Yeah, it's so rude. Yeah. But I'm I'm really excited to be here. And oh, so before we start, though, on the topic, I wanted to respond to a commenter. Okay. We have had such great feedback. Yes, from, we have. Oh it's so great. We've had so much good feedback and I'm loving it. Like that makes me happy that people are resonating with our stories. Absolutely. And like loving, you know, liking what we're saying and and all of that. And so that's been fun. Now, this was a little bit different comment and I and I wanted to respond to it. Okay. So this is somebody named David. And he listened to our episode number five that we talked about the church being a little bit culty. Mm-hmm. And this is what he said. He said, I'm starting to feel alone in trying to make the church a healthier space for everyone else. Church isn't as bad as you guys make it sound. I still enjoy being active. I suppose church is healthier when you recognize its unhealthy aspects and are able to avoid it. So, David, like I, okay, total complete honesty here. I agree with you that church isn't as bad as we make it sound, at least when I was in the church, when I was in your position, I felt the same way as you, David. David. Yeah, you can relate. That's what always makes me think. Sorry. (laughs) I'm always going to be on Shit's Creek. Uh I love it. I enjoyed being active. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I loved the church and your first comment about feeling alone, trying to make the church a healthier space for everyone. That resonates with me and thank so you. much. And we, thank we you. We need more people that are right doing what he's doing. We need people like David. I suspect, you know, that it will always be hard to make the church a healthier space yes. because you basically have all the leadership working against you. Well, and it's very difficult. Yes. If you, when I think back to going to church every Sunday, I, I, li- I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That's my community. That's mm-hmm. where I made friends. That's where um, mm-hmm. I nurtured friendships and, you know, got to meet my neighbors. And I liked Sunday church. Mm-hmm. It's just all the other aspects mm-hmm. that are required of you to to maintain a membership, like, to the temple. Yeah. That was That's what really started getting to me. It's the people we exclude it's the, you have to pay 10% to get into the temple. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're buying your, so I can see where he's saying church is not, I get it. Church yeah. is not bad. I mean, had yeah. great experiences going to church. It's the leadership and the rules that are put on us and the culture, the toxic culture part. It's not mm-hmm. all, it's mm-hmm. not all bad, mm-hmm. but yeah. there's enough that it, it's harming people. Yes. And I was totally in that space of trying to make the church a healthier space. You were. You were. For for actually years and years. And I I didn't even fully recognize that that's what I was doing. But for many years, I, in my head, was saying, I'm just, I'm a progressive Mormon. I'm, I mean, I don't even think I I named it that, actually. I don't think I used that term. I, I now look back at it that way. But at the time, I was just like, I'm... I'm the person who's going to speak up and and talk about the hard things and make everyone feel welcome. 
I really felt like I, cause I, and I served in the young women's organization, like one of my last callings for a bunch of years. Cause I went into different, different callings in the young women's, but I was constantly trying to reassure those girls that, that God loved them unconditionally, mm-hmm. that their worth was infinite yes. and that it would not change no matter what they did. Those were the kind of things that I was trying to plant those seeds instead of the opposite ones that some of the messages that I got as a youth, right? Right. And when my daughter came out as gay, that was another huge thing for me to try and speak up for the LGBTQ community. I would wear this tiny little rainbow pin on my on my um, jackets mm-hmm. or whatever at church. And just to kind of make people feel like I was a safe yes. person and that that space with me was safe and and that they would feel that from me. I don't know if that made any difference to anybody, but I felt like that's where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so I totally understand what he's saying. And also I did not see, I was, I did not see a lot of the toxicity. So now that I'm out, I can see this, the very small, almost like insidious ways that we are indoctrinated and that we think we're making our own choices. Right. We think we are empowered. We think we have free agency and we think we're, I don't know, that we're doing good and that we're, I don't know. Somehow we don't see a lot of the toxic things. So yes, I agree that we make it sound now that we're out and we're talking about the church being culty, we probably are being extra hard on the church. But from our perspective, that's that's what it is. Unfortunately, yeah. that's what we see now. Now, when we were in your space, we didn't feel this way. We, you know, in a lot of ways, we felt that church was great. And, and I felt the spirit and I felt good and, and all the things. So, yeah, the when you get out you start to recognize more of them, well, the unhealthy, right? You see right? things from a different perspective. Yes. But the people the people in my ward, I miss a lot of yes. seeing them. I, that was my community. Yep, me too. And they're such good people. Mm-hmm. The church is made up of really good people. Yep, absolutely. And one of the things that I used to say all the time is how, oh, it's just the church culture. It's not the doctrine. Well, what I learned is that The culture is not created in a vacuum. Right. The culture is there as a direct result of the doctrine. So we cannot separate the two. Mm -mm. I always tried to separate the two because it made me feel better. Yes. It was like, the church is true. The culture is hard. Right. Right? It's impossible. It's not true, though. They are so interconnected. They are the same thing. The doctrine creates the culture. Yes. So that's what I, I struggle with is when people... You know, I know that that's the way it seems that, oh, it's just, you know, some toxic culture and the people and I'm going to fix that. Well, until the doctrine changes, the culture can't change. And I think the doctrine is softening. I mean, literally every doctrine there ever was in the church has changed, mm-hmm. even though people don't think that it has. Right. People it will has. claim the doctrine never changes. It, but it, yes, it Every has. single doctrine almost mm-hmm. that I can think of. That we've ever had has changed There's been over some time. Adjustments, it has some shifted. Changes, mm-hmm. Yes, and so, and I do think the church is taking a softer stance on certain things and and such and such. But 
until the doctrine completely changes. And it, it's almost like the doctrine has to change and then a whole generation of people has to has right. to die, right? right. Because, because we're true. living in a church that's led by people who were raised yes. in the 60s and mm-hmm. the 50s and the 70s, like in that generation, right? Those The, the prophet, dude, they're yeah. in their 90s, mm-hmm. the, the leaders of the church. <laughs> so true. So it's almost like we're living in, in old doctrine, even though... I mean, millennials and Gen Zers and even us, even our generation is feeling totally different. You know, like we, I think we've come a long way. I do too. Right? Since too. the 50s and 60s. Yes, for sure. So anyways, that's what I wanted to say to him. I really appreciate his comment because it made me think like, yes, sometimes it. it's hard now that we're out and we see all this stuff and we talk this way and it maybe sounds like we aren't sensitive to the people who are in and how they feel. I'm sure. But I can promise you that we do understand it. Right. Like we were there. Mm-hmm. We felt the same way. We went through that and we understand it. I don't. So. And it's not like we think, I don't even think like the, the prophet and the quorum of the 12, they're not bad people. Yeah. But they're just. They've got their heels dug in. Yes. In the name of God, mm-hmm. that we have to do certain things mm-hmm. or we're not going to be able to make it back to Him. Mm-hmm. And one of those things they've really dug their heels in is the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. They have really dug their heels in. Yeah. That is not, that's yep. not, we will tolerate you, mm-hmm. but that's where it ends. Like you can't have the same blessings. Yep. That the rest of us receive. You can't have a family. Yep. You can't raise children. Yep. No. You gotta get through this life, celibate, mm-hmm. to make it to the next life, and then you'll be Yep. Then you'll, then be, you'll given be given rewarded. all the blessed. <laughs> yeah, all the blessings, yes. For all your sacrifice. The thing that's the saddest to me is that is thinking about after this life, when they realize that none of that was true. They gave up their mm. their one precious life. Yeah. So, yeah, we are going to talk about kind of, I want to go through like a whole timeline of events in the church relating to the LGBTQ issues. Because, so the church's stance on LGBTQ things was, as I've said before, like probably my biggest shelf item. Mine and, too. And I, I, I didn't know that it was a shelf item as long ago as it was. But as I've like reflected on the past, I do remember, I remember clear back probably 20 years ago when maybe some of the first issues were propping, popping up. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, that doesn't feel quite right. Why shouldn't gay people have the same rights as straight people? Like they love each other the mm-hmm. same as straight people. Um, I, I remember when the issues of like, like insurance and like medical care mm-hmm. and things like that. They were, were fighting like, to get those yeah, they same were saying, benefits as everyone else. Exactly. And like the laws were trying to say that like a gay person who's, you know, in a hospital unable to care for themselves, that their, their spouse or their significant other couldn't care for them because they weren't legally married. Right. Right. Or, you know, things like that. So I remember way back then starting those little teeny thoughts in my head where I thought, well, that doesn't seem fair, you know? And I was, I mean, literally from the time, I, I swear from the time I, I was as young as I can remember, I started saying, that's not fair. (laughs) 
And my dad would always say to me, well, life's not fair. And I'm like, no, that's not okay. That's not okay with me. Mm -hmm. So I think I literally was just born with this social justice warrior in me. Yes. Where like I cared about fairness and equity for everybody. I just always did. As long as I've known you, you've had that in you. That is just part of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I I didn't even know what it meant really Mm -hmm. fully. Yeah. But I recognized unfairness when I saw it and I was like, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> and not I always okay wanted to it. fix it. Yeah. And from the time I was pretty young, I wanted to be a lawyer because I wanted to fix it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that lawyers couldn't fix it either. No. <laughs> I mean, it just, it felt hopeless to me, you know? So anyways, okay. So sorry, enough of that. But I, I did want to go and kind of go through a timeline because uh, one of the things that I learned as my shelf was kind of breaking about this is that one of the things that really made it crumble is to see like all the mistakes that they've made and all of the wrong thinking they had. And what that did to me was it made me think that they didn't really speak for God. Well, that's the whole thing is follow the prophet. They'll never lead you astray. Yeah. Yeah. They never make mistakes. Yeah. Everything they say is coming straight from God. Yes. So keep that in mind while we go over this. Yeah. And that's exactly why... My shelf broke, mm-hmm. essentially, because once the authority of the church kind of crumbles and you go, there's no way they could be speaking for God, then everything else come, crumbles, right. right? Yeah. So um, they have been, one of the things that they have done is they've just been involved in so much legislation mm-hmm. relating to LGBT people and their rights. So housing, job discrimination, same-sex marriage, all of that, right? So... They have played an important role in defeating same-sex marriage legalization. Well, of course, before it was federally legal. Right. But so starting back in the early, well, probably 1990, they have stated that, or they stated at that time that they will become involved in any political matter if if they perceive that there's a moral issue at stake that influences the people in the church. They would come out and say that gay marriage threatens... Exactly. Threatens oh, yes. the, the institution uh-huh. of marriage, right? I have yeah. so many quotes. Yeah. I won't share them all, but yes. So, I mean, starting, so I tried to go back in time and find as many early things as I could. Um, but starting as early as 1991, uh, the young men's, the, the gosh, it's the, the general young men's president. And he was a member of the 70, Jack Gosland, I think is how you pronounce his name. He made a statement that um, the church would withdraw from the Boy Scouts of America because they were they were trying to decide whether or the Boy Scouts of America were trying to decide whether they would allow homosexual youth to participate. I remember this. And the church said, we will withdraw. And they're their biggest. Yes. The church was their biggest what? Uh, supporter. Supporter. Like financially. Financially. And, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was clear back in 91. So they're manipulating the Boy Scouts to get what they want through money. And they've been fighting the Boy Scouts for that long. Like trying not to allow them to have gay youth. Mm -hmm. And then later you'll see it came in with gay leaders and stuff like that. So they started to really focus their attention on fighting same-sex marriage in in the early 90s. A lot of their, you know... A lot of their quotes and things that you can find just push fear tactics, um, saying that allowing gay marriage would break down the fabric of society. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Fear. They, oh, they're planting fear. They planted fear. And I big felt time. it. Yep. Yes. I remembered it. Yes. I remembered thinking, 
oh my gosh, what is our world going to look like? Exactly. Well, because they made it sound so terrible. Did you feel like you were in a war? Like yes. I felt like this is the battle that we have to that we have to win. One hundred. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is a battle. I mean, that just I laughed because that made me think of. President Holland saying we need some more musket fire. Right. Right. <laughs> Bring Not out President, the guns. Elder Holland. Elder Holland. Anyways, I just call him Mr. Yeah. They don't hold any. Jeffrey. Just, I'm just going to call him by his me. first name. Yeah. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in 1993, the Supreme Court of Hawaii uh, said that uh, discrimination against same-sex couples in the granting of marriage licenses violated the Hawaiian Constitution. So in response, the church's first presidency issued a statement uh, declaring their opposition to same-sex marriage and urging members to support efforts to outlaw it. They recruited members to work with and donate to this cause. They even uh, handed out pamphlets. They were spread at church meetings and church facilities were used to fax statements, to legislative committees. The campaign spanned years and the church reported giving 600000 to the Hawaiian political action group Save Traditional Marriage, okay? This this went on from like 1993 to 1998. Mm-hmm. The, it was multiple um, legislative and committees. And they're, they're using the members. Yes. In the name of God, and they're yes. saying, you've got it, we've got to defeat this, or right. life as we know it is going to be destroyed. Exactly. And I mean, these fundraising assignments, this was the earliest case I could find, 1993. Okay. There, there may have been earlier right. ones. But this was the earliest one I could find about same-sex marriage, right? I'm, there may have been things that they were involved in politically before that. But, I mean, they they were given fundraising assignments to stake presidents. Like <laughs> like saying, your ward or your stake needs to raise this much money. But do you, you know? think it's not about the money? No. It's about keeping them occupied, busy, keep your eye on the prize. Yes. Keeping them, yeah, And right? keeping them on the same... Like in the same camp, like keeping them, yes. keeping their, their thoughts, like, and their, what's the word I'm looking for? They're like loyalties yes. towards this one um, issue, right? Okay. So during that time when they were fighting this, the church came out with the proclamation to the world and it's the family proclamation. This was in the fall general conference in 1995. This was a big deal. Yes. This was a huge deal. Now, I remember at the time not thinking it was a big deal. I was like, this is stuff that we already know, like hearing the proclamation, right? Right. But I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't know what was behind all of it because I didn't know what was going on politically in the world. I didn't know that in different areas of the world, they were fighting for gay rights and gay marriage. We were still like, you know. I had just graduated from high school. Yeah, teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, So I was unaware, but I think it's a little bit. Interesting that the the family proclamation document has been submitted by the church in several amicus briefs as evidence against legalizing same-sex marriage. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yes. There is a lot of speculation about the fact that the proclamation was more than likely written by the church lawyers, not revelation. (laughs) Well, it's not doctrine. Right. It was never canonized, right? Or I, was I it? I believe the, so, but there's there's confusion about I that. I think it was for a moment and then they took it away, if I remember right. I, I, I should look that up. But, yeah. But as of today, it is not official doctrine of the church. I think you're right, but I also think that they leave a gray area so that people think that it's doctrine, even though they haven't come out and well, it's said. it's like when a prophet or a, a higher up elder speaks in general conference and says, don't. 
you shouldn't watch rated R movies or don't get yes. the second ear piercing or mm-hmm. whatever. It's not doctrine, but it's coming from these, you should probably do it, you know. When recently, though, I had somebody say to me that the proclamation was like the entire doctrine of the church, essentially. And she used that word doctrine. Oh, really? And I was just like, wow. So that's strong. That's what she believes. Yeah. And so, and I don't think that's a unique belief. I think that many members of the church really take that as like our core. That's it. Yes. Our core belief. Yes. Well, and so, how many people have that hanging up in their home? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Every every yeah. member, so act, active member I know has that hanging has up, in, that their up in their home. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's really sad to me because, well, First of all, President Hinckley read this at the women's session mm-hmm. of General Conference. The the is it just called the the women's session? General women's session. Yeah, general women's session. Yeah. And there was there was quotes by some of the women general leadership after the fact that said, "We had no say in this. They did not even ask for our opinion whatsoever. We had an entire general session planned out that was about inclusion and." And, and, you know, equality for all. And then the prophet comes in and says, nope, change the whole thing for conference. I've got this thing that I've got to talk about. And I've got to read this proclamation that talks about gender roles and how this is the only way to have a marriage and is a man and a woman and blah, 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 blah. Right. It's, it's true. There were no women at the table nope. when this was written. And they've come out. These these women at the time have come out and said in the nicest way possible. Yes. We we didn't have any say in that, and we were not even consulted. No, they heard it when everyone else heard it. <laughs> they heard it when everyone else heard it, right? And yeah, and it definitely so, puts women in their place. It definitely it just does. reinforces that women are supposed to stay home, have babies, mm-hmm. nurture, and that the men are supposed to go out work, support, and that's it. Yeah, black and white. Yeah, and I I think one of the things that's really interesting to me is how they. They, they roll out this big, they make this big grand gesture of the family, a proclamation to the world. And they make it seem like it was this big revelation that the prophet received. When in actuality, lawyers for the church were drafting this document to use in several amicus briefs for legalizing same-sex mm-hmm. marriage. So... I'm sure the there lawyers was, said a prayer before they wrote it up. Right? They probably <laughs> It's ridiculous. They probably did. But but also I what I think is interesting is there's a large number of lawyers in the leadership of the church. Uh-huh. They love yes. they love to have, you know, lawyers as as leaders in the church. So anyways, that's that's I mean it's somewhat of a speculation, but I think I don't know if it's been proven that that's how that came about, mm-hmm. but it it's a little too convenient. Well, it's just sad. If you read that mm-hmm. and you're a single parent, what is that? You know, you don't fit the mold now. So exactly. where does that leave you? Where does that leave people that don't fit the mold? That something happened out of their control and they don't have a partner or, you know, husband or a wife and they're raising kids on their own. And Yeah. I, I think that was a big thing that made, that, that put this perfect little wrapping around here's how your family's supposed to look Mm -hmm. and they made it sound really nice but what's unfortunate is that's probably the minority of families Mm -hmm. that's true that way who have a mother and a father who stay married forever Mm -hmm. the mother stays home and raises the kids and the dad works full-time i'm sorry life is not that simple anymore it's a lot stickier there's a lot more complicated things Mm -hmm. that go into life so yeah i just think 
anymore. That is such a minority. Well, and it clearly excludes if you're gay. Oh, if you yeah. if you're in a relationship, you know, you're raising children with a same sex partner. Yes. It clearly states that is not within the the bounds. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, one, I, I don't know why this came up in my brain just now, but if you have not read the book by Carolyn Pearson called Goodbye, I Love You, you have to read it. Have you read it? Mm-mm. You have to read it. It's a quick read. It's a short yeah. book. Well, she, yeah, she's, I mean, I've read some of her stuff and it's powerful. <sighs> she, that, reading that. Her story is amazing. <clears throat> oh and this gosh. is her, that book is her story. Okay. So, so it's okay. all about her husband. Yes. And so. And the AIDS epidemic and, and all of that. And the church really put their foot down about that stuff. And, and they just, because of the AIDS epidemic, guess what that did for the church? It gave them so much mm-hmm. to say, look how bad gay people are. Right. Right. This is like their punishment. Yep. It's, yeah. It yep. Sodom and Gomorrah. It was all this, this whole thing. And I mean, they couldn't have been happier. Right. About the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. I'm sorry, but. So anyways, that whole story, if, if anybody hasn't read that book, you need to read it. It's just, it's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and life-changing mm-hmm. all in one thing. It's just, it really changes your perspective on the way that gay people in the church have suffered, mm-hmm. have yeah. literally suffered for generations because they cannot be what the church defines them yeah, as. They don't fit the cookie cutter mold. Yeah, so there's a few. I'm gonna skip a little bit because I just have so much stuff here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a few quotes. But essentially, with the with the Hawaii thing, the church just thought that they should intervene because it made a difference for their members of the church, and they thought that it would just ruin the world if, mm-hmm. if gay marriage was was legalized. Um, there's a quote by oh, this is so funny, and I loved so James E. Faust. I oh, loved yeah, him. Yeah, yes. I, I remember really loving him, but this quote he reminded just kills me, me of um, Captain Picard on Star Trek: The Next <laughs> really? Generation. Yeah, I, every time I saw him, I was like, oh, that Captain is Picard. funny. Anyways, so okay, so this quote in 1995 is hilarious. He is stating about same-sex marriage that it would unravel the fabric of human society, and if practiced by everyone, would mean the end of the human family. This is another fear tactic. Absolutely. Uh, it just, it's hard not to laugh, right? Yes. I mean, now that we see, how many years have gone by since gay marriage has been federally, like, legal across the entire country? Um, eight, nine years or so? Has the fabric of society, no. Nope. No. Life went on. It went on. And in fact, I think it's better. I think it's better. So anyways, then uh, this this person says, as long as the First Amendment is in place, churches will never have to perform gay marriages. This was the thing that they were saying, like, if if legal, if gay marriage is legal, then we're going to have to like go against our religion and perform gay right, marriages. Yes, that is not true. And they and they also said that we wouldn't be able to teach against homosexuality. That's not true either. You can still teach against homosexuality at the podium because guess what? religious uh, freedoms are one of the, I mean, unless the first amendment is taken away in the constitution, that shit is never going to happen. So the church, like throwing that out there as like a way to scare everybody 
uh, it's just it's just a fear tactic to make people vote the way they wanted mm-hmm. it to. He says, this is the freest society on earth for religious people. Protecting the rights of gay people will not change that. So I loved that. It's mm-hmm. like somebody needs to call out the bullshit. Yes. I call bullshit yes. on all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to ruin the world. Okay, so also in Alaska, the church donated 500000 towards banning same-sex marriage there in 1998. That made up nearly 80% of the entire budget for the coalition lobbying for well, the ban of same-sex marriage. Well, they don't spare any expense no, when it don't. comes to these things that they're really fired up about. Right. The, and that same and year, they have deep pockets. They, that's the thing. Well, they and their really members have deep pockets because they... They convinced them that this is the most worthy cause. Right. So they actually got members to donate a lot of this yes. money. Yes. Well, like you said, the fundraisers. Additional, and yes. additional donations uh, on top of tithing, right? Um, that same year in 98, they they fought it in Nebraska. They gathered uh, 160,000 signatures to, uh, to ban same-sex marriage in Nebraska. Uh, Nevada, that also happened in Nevada, raising money, uh, getting petition signatures, all of that. Then in 1999, there was a Prop 22 in California. (laughs) This was another one where they gave fundraising quotas to state presidents. A a quote by President Hinckley, so-called same-sex marriage is not a matter of civil rights. It's a matter of morality. There's no justification to redefine what marriage is, which is really funny because Marriage wasn't even defined. It's not like we've had marriage defined since the beginning of time. Like this is literally like... I know, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's I mean, kind of a new idea. They actually <laughs> defined marriage for tax purposes. Right, yes. For political yeah. purposes. Yeah. Like, so it's but just our funny profit, to me. A profit of the church to say that? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being a member of the church that, me- like, trying to make it work and then hearing that. That mm-hmm. I'm immoral now because... Oh, yeah. Of the way I was born. Like, yeah. it just is so I don't so deserve harmful. civil rights because I'm right. immoral. And at the time, we're paying tithing to support mm-hmm. this. It mm-hmm. makes me sick. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. It's it's pretty rough. So, um, in 2004, they endorsed a federal amendment to the United States Constitution, as well as the Utah Constitutional Amendment 3, banning any marriages not between one man and one woman. In 2004, Gordon... B. Hinckley gave an interview in which he talked about, you know, that he did not support uh, same-sex marriage or civil unions. He also stated that gay people have a problem that the church wants to help them solve. Right. We're going to fix you. <laughs> yes. It's a trial. And then I I don't know if he was specifically asked this question, but he, he said that he did not know if gay people were born that way. You'd think uh, that which is he could ask God because I mean, God he, would tell him. Yeah, he, he should have asked God. I don't know why he didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, in 2005, the church published an article tying the term gender confusion to homosexuality, stating that if governments were to alter the moral climate by legitimizing same-sex marriages, gender confusion would increase, and particularly among children. And this would further blur the line between good and evil. So now they've come up with a new term. To scare us. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know, there was a whole, somewhere in this time, there was a whole, like, website that was sponsored by the church on mm. married people that had, you know, the wife, they, they knew the husband was gay. Oh, yeah. They got married and really tried to make it work because they yes. believed the doctrine so firmly. And they came yes. out and said, it's possible. You can do this. Uh-huh. We're doing it. And then 
what happened a few years later, all those marriages started falling apart and they, those couples came back and said, we're sorry. Yeah. We, we tried. This is not, it's not right. We should have said that. We apologize. Yeah. And that's just a small little sampling of people. Right. They, they actually, thousands and thousands of people got married in mixed orientation marriages, meaning one, at least one of them was gay. Right. Mm -hmm. And they married the opposite gender. So that's what happened with Carolyn Pearson. And, and her husband, he knew he was gay before they married. And he, he was given the advice from church leaders to go ahead and marry the opposite sex and it will turn you straight. Right. It's going to live the, do all the things, check off all the boxes and you're going to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine what that does to the wife or the the spouse that's, I mean. Read that book. That and is the all children that mm. I just can't. It's heartbreaking. She talks about how her husband loved her as well as he could. Right. But like a probably like a best friend. Yeah, but they were. That's the same thing in the story I was reading about this couple. The wife said, I never felt passion from him. Mm-hmm. Like this whole, they were married like 20 years. Mm. And she's like, I never felt wanted or desired. Yeah. He, he treated me well. I know he yeah, loved me, kind person. but it wasn't that it was a friend love. And he probably loved her as a best friend. And like, I, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. They did the best they could right. until they couldn't anymore. Yep. Yep. So just, it just kept going on. The, the fear tactics, they, they said, oh gosh, here's another quote. In 2007, they said that if, if same-sex marriage were legalized, there would be no basis to deny polygamous or incestuous marriages. That's so interesting. Oh my gosh. So interesting. Serious? And a decreased ability to protect their children from exposure to gay propaganda. Oh my gosh. Again, fear mongering, right? Absolutely. So, you know, you just see. <laughs> okay. We have a problem saying absolutely. I say absolutely. A lot. Absolutely So, so we're too really much. trying today to not say absolutely too much. <laughs> Failing. She keeps catching herself. <laughs> so during, okay, now the big one was Prop 8. So okay, that was this in, is the one. Mm-hmm, that was in 2008. Uh, they said that, you know, same same stuff, all kinds of fear mongering and stuff. They said that uh, tolerance does not mean tolerating transgression and that we need, we didn't need to, we, we shouldn't be tolerating well, when you, people sinning. When you hear the word tolerate, does mm-hmm. that give you warm fuzzies no no it's a it's a negative term no one mm-hmm. wants to be tolerated nobody wants to be tolerated no thanks for tolerating me mm-hmm. appreciate it <laughs> i mean it's it's just not it's mm-hmm. n- not a great place to be nobody wants to be there absolutely yep uh the the church uh the, well okay so the entire campaign against gay marriage for prop 8 um raised nearly 40 million dollars and the church Donated half of that. Okay. Uh, it actually passed. Okay. Oh, here's here's one thing. Uh, one of the church general authorities stated that members who oppose Prop 8 would be subject to discipline from their local church leaders. So now here comes threats. Yes. Not just fear mongering, but now threats. So not only should you support this, but if you don't support it, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. You cannot come out opposed to it. Right. For sure. Well, and even questioning Absolutely. It's frowned upon, right? Don't even make, yeah. don't even like question it. No. Yep. Yep. So the, this did pass in November and the next day over 2000 protesters gathered at the Los Angeles LDS temple 
And the next day after that, nearly 5,000 protesters gathered at the Salt Lake Temple. And that evening, a candlelight vigil by about 600 mothers of LGBT children was also held at the Salt Lake Temple. So people, there was a lot of people that came out after the fact and were really pissed. But guess what? Prop 8 was later overturned in court because it was ultimately ruled unconstitutional. Hooray! Hooray! You wonder why there's so much um, hatred and dislike Towards the church. Towards the church. I know. Well, this is a really good place to start. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They discriminate against people. They say you're you're you were born wrong if you know what yeah. you are is not okay with oh, God. But also, we'll we'll try to fix you. Right. We can we have fix a solution. You. Yes. Come on in. Because you need to be fixed. Right. And here's the thing: like during all of this time that all of this was going on, it was only very barely in the background in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew about Prop 8 for sure. Yes. I, I knew about some little rumblings, but it was very much on the margin of, I mean, I don't think that regular church members were all that aware, unless maybe just because I was young, I wasn't that much aware. Maybe the older members of the church were more aware if they were more into well, the I think unless you have a family member or close yes. friend that it was impacting... It didn't, yeah. it didn't impact you. It At didn't. that time, I didn't, I didn't think that much about it or I didn't know how much the church was involved or how much was going right. on yes. with fighting gay marriage. So um, I read as I was researching this, this is kind of interesting and it, it may be a little anecdotal. We don't know how true it is. But during the years that Mitt Romney was running for president, the church stayed completely out of all of the gay rights mm-hmm. legislation. Like during the time that he was running, Maine, Maryland, and Minnesota all approved gay marriage and the church said nothing. It was crickets from the church. Crickets nothing. from the church. Okay. And I didn't as know soon that. as he lost in 2012, they jumped right back in the ring and started fighting um, the next round of gay Coinc- marriage legislation. maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Seems a little too coincidental, though, right? <laughs> yeah, because before before he got in, they were fighting Nevada, Alaska, Hawaii. You know, all the all the states that were trying to pass it, they were fighting, and then they just like didn't say anything. What right. do they don't care about those states? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and and I think that starting in about 2012, the church kind of started softening their words a little bit towards gay marriage. They they became a little bit milder. Like their language seemed to kind of um, signal a little bit of resignation. But they had the to. Issue. They had yes. to. Yes. There was so much backlash. Yeah. Coming from yeah. All, everywhere. Yeah. At them. They, they had to do something. But yeah. they didn't want to. They didn't they, want to. Oh, no, no. They did not want to. No. They were forced to. They've right. been forced to do everything mm-hmm. they've ever done that was right. Right. <laughs> It's true. There was a quote from President Monson that said, there's a shift in society that we can't stop. Right. But we can ask for exceptions. So, you know, he knew it. <laughs> right. He knew he knew that this was going down. So in December of 2013, like right before Christmas, same-sex marriages became legally recognized in Utah. And I mean, we were not, we were not one of the last states to come around, which is really impressive. Right. Um, but it was sort of a fluky thing because of a U.S. District Court, Robert Shelby. Thank the Lord for him. He struck down the Utah ban on same-sex marriage, saying that it violated the U.S. Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. Within two hours of that happening, the first same-sex couple was married in Utah. They were both former Mormons. I, I love, love this it so much. 
So in, in response to this, the church released instructions to leaders regarding same-sex marriage in Utah, and it stated that church leaders were prohibited from employing their authority to perform marriages and that any church property could not be used for same-sex marriages or receptions. So just make sure you don't, you know, if you're a bishop, you cannot perform a same-sex marriage. They just wanted to make sure that... And don't let them do any kind of marriage stuff, Mm -hmm. like a reception or Mm -hmm. heaven forbid. Yeah. And it didn't take very long, you know, right the beginning of 2014... The, the church filed an amicus brief uh, in the 10th Circuit Court in defense of Utah's overturned amendment banning same-sex marriage. Uh, and they just basically summarized that, you know, they, that, it, that it, it went against their religious rights or whatever and, and that, that it would affect them. Well, they're going to throw anything they can at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, there. I, I have to still point out a couple of good things that they did. In 2015, they held a Fairness for All news conference supporting LGBT non-discrimination laws for housing and employment that would also protect religious individuals, of course. I mean, they have to do yeah. that too. But at that time, um, Elder Christofferson called for a balance between religious freedom and LGBT rights. There, Anyways, there's a few different quotes uh, where they where they just talked about um, maybe having some tolerance. <laughs> it's so nice of them. I hate that to word. tolerate, but but they did start to become a little bit softer. In let's see, in March of 2015, they released uh, a public statement and employed its lobbyists to garner support for a proposed non discrimination and religious rights bill, which would grant housing and employment protection for LGBT persons in Utah. So, I mean that's. One step in the right direction. Right. So we're thankful for that. Um, it was nicknamed the Utah Compromise. So <laughs> Compromise. That's another word that doesn't quite sit well. Yep. Yep. Because nobody's getting what we're compromising. Want, right? We're yeah. going to kind of give you a little yeah. bit. But. Because their claim the entire time was that gay marriage would somehow stomp on their religious freedom. Right. Which is not true. It's just not that a thing. That was never in question. Mm-mm. Nobody ever said you can't practice your religion. Mm-hmm. But they claimed that and they and they are still fighting that. And we'll get to that. So yeah, in 2015, uh, three days after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of same-sex marriage, so it was now legal in the entire country, the first presidency sent a letter to be read to every congregation and sacrament meeting affirming that just because the U.S. law changed does not mean that Gore, that God's Gordon's <laughs> God's law does not change. God's law does not except change. When it does it not does. change God's moral law, except right. when it does. <sighs> and again, they except clarified. When he changes his mind. Exactly. And again, in this letter, they clarified that. Bishops cannot perform same-sex marriages, and they cannot happen anywhere on church property or or their receptions. So then, so that was in June of 2015. In November of 2015, an update to the church handbook was leaked. This was never meant for the public to see or hear about. This was in the leader's church handbook. And (laughs) to only a certain uh-huh. group of people in the church would receive this. Right. Okay. And it stated that members who were in a same-sex marriage were would be considered apostates and would be subject to church discipline. Additionally, the children of parents who were in same-sex relationships had to wait until they were 18 years old to get baptized. 
And not just the age, but they also had to disavow homosexual relationships of their parents before they could be baptized. This was a huge step that the church tried to, to push. Yep. Yep. And it, they're, they're doing it saying, this is Jesus's church. <laughs> and you got to, you got to follow these rules and we're going to exclude people and you can't get baptized until you disavow. And yeah. it's apps in Jesus's name. Uh-huh. It's so offensive. Yeah. And the fact that they tried to do it quietly and sneakily and not have anybody know about it, but it was leaked, um, really caused a huge uproar. Um, I think a few within a few days, there were like thousands of members of the church that gathered at the church office building and submitted their there resignation. There was a mass, res- yes, there was a mass resignation yep. due to that specific. Yep. And, and the ones that showed up at the church office building was only like maybe a quarter of the total number that resigned like mm-hmm. online and through other means, but like huge mass. Res- they probably, I think within a year of that, I think I read a statistic that like, uh, I want to say close to 15,000 members resigned yeah, it was big. their membership. It was, it was a it big was a statement made number. Oh yeah. And I, I, one of the things that just pisses me off about this is that they tried to make it seem like they were doing the children right, a favor. Right, a favor. Yes. They tried to put a spin on this. Oh yeah. That was fantastically offensive. Yes. They said, you know, well... They need to wait till they're 18 because it might cause a rift in the home. It would, you know, they wouldn't be learning the same things at home that they're learning at church. And that would cause a problem. Guess what? They never gave a damn about Mm -hmm. children who, who like in the mission field, when they would, they would baptize a child, they had to have their parents permission, of Mm -hmm. course. Yes. But they didn't care that their parents were not members of the church. They didn't care that their, what religion their parents were or what they were teaching in the home, whether they were alcoholics or, or abusive in any way. Mm -hmm. They didn't give a damn about that. Where did this even come from? Like, what? Are they just sitting around looking for ways to, to make trouble and exclude people? That's what it feels like, right? I don't, like, who even comes up with this stuff? I don't know. It really felt like they, yeah, like they were trying to just Ex- exclude exclude people, and they're going to put a pretty bow on it so that it's we're we're doing them. A, yeah, we're trying to yeah. take care of them. Yeah, in the long run. But I can't imagine being a child, Ugh. being raised in in a loving home, whatever, same sex parents, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to be a part of this church. Mm-hmm. And then having that put in front of you. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. And the mental gymnastics it takes to make this sound like it was a positive thing is beyond Mm -hmm. me. Like, I just can't even with it. I can't. Yeah. So that was, that was a shelf item for me, Mm -hmm. even though still at the time I did not have any sort of intimate knowledge of what it was like to be gay or had any close relationships with gay people, but I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. I knew it wasn't fair. Right. right? That's not fair. It's not fair. But then I said to myself, well, they must know something that Uh, I don't know. Yes. I don't have all of the the pieces. It's all this, you know, like line upon line. We'll, We'll learn more, you know, we'll, we'll, understand this someday in the next life maybe in the next life we don't understand it now but yeah, it's all just bullshit to to keep us in line yeah so they they just kept on their 
insane ways for, you know, they just keep going with it. Another thing happened with the Boy Scouts of America in 2017. They announced that transgender boys could join their troops. And the church basically said, oh, well, then we're probably going to pull out of the Boy Scouts. I'm surprised the Boy Scouts would do that. Like <laughs> That they would allow transgender they, boys? Well, I, they were already falling in line with what the church said. Oh, yeah. So they had to know what the church was going to do. So yeah. good for them. Yeah, good I, for them. But I just think I'm like, ballsy move, man. Yeah, it yeah. was a ballsy move. Now, of course, I, I don't have great feelings about the Boy Scouts of America because I've, I've learned too much and read too much and heard too much about some of the corrupt things that have happened there. But so I, I don't necessarily want to defend them, but they were trying to make, they were trying to be inclusive. Inclusive. Yes. And for for the, for kids. Yeah. Like, come on. Yep. So (laughs) at that time they didn't withdraw their support. uh, But four months later they did, but they denied that it had any link. Timing is everything. To the transgender thing. No, please. So let's see. The the church presidency. Oh, oh, in 2019, in April of 2019, Russell Nelson announced a new revelation, sort of reversing the November 2015 policy. Not really. Still saying that same-sex marriage was a transgression, but that they would not be called apostates. <laughs> this was a huge deal. Yeah. Because which is it? You can't have a... You can't. Is it okay? Is it not okay? It's why didn't God get it right the first time? Why? Why are now we don't have to call them names, but we we could call them names before. We could call them apostates. And right. And what's so funny is that they characterized it as revelation the first time around. So, hmm, how Tricky. did you get the revelation Tricky. wrong? God, God got it wrong. Were you not listening? <laughs> Like, did you get a good night's sleep and you were you alert and awake when yeah. God was talking to you? Yeah. And, and he actually said it was our privilege to, as apostles to sustain what had been revealed to President Monson. And he's talking about that 2015 policy. But then shortly after the change, you know, people are asking, like, what the heck? And he said the reversal was revelation upon revelation. Oh, please. Dude, they can spin anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, it it shouldn't be this complicated. Yeah, to be a member of Jesus's church, the only true church, the only right? True church. It's so complicated, oh and my the goodness. only people with authority to speak for God right. too. Nobody else can speak for God, so why are they speaking wrong? Yeah, how'd you or, get that or wrong? They couldn't be. They couldn't possibly. But they're saying it's not wrong, right? It's just it additional. Just, mm-hmm. Which, I, have you heard that before? Is that how? I don't know. That's a no, new I've one. never heard that before. That's a new one. <laughs> uh, and then I think starting in 2019, at least that's what I found. There may have been earlier things, but uh, where they really started to come down on transgender. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, the, the next thing to They focus started on. to make statements about, you know, that gender means biological sex mm-hmm. at birth, you know, and that, you know, you can't change that. And, and, you know, our, our knowledge of God's revealed plan of salvation requires us mm-hmm. to oppose this, you know, social and legal pressure and, you know, all this kind of this, stuff. This is coming from the top, yes, the top this leaders is from of President the church. Oaks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and he said this, you know, this confuses and, and alters gender, you know, confuses people and it, it makes it so there's no separation between men and women. I kind of think that's a good thing. 
<laughs> yeah, why, like why does gender have to be so defined? That's because the church is black and white. Yes. It is so black and white. They can only have it one way. Yep. And it's gotta be their way. Yep. And I remember this specific talk. It was in General Conference of 2019. My daughter in in the fall. And my daughter had come out as gay in like May-ish of that year. And so that was the first conference since that. And I sat through that talk and I bawled through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge weight on my shelf. This was, yeah, it, it pissed me off. Well, it's, yeah, what, what does that leave you with if you have a family member, yeah. a daughter, a son? Yeah. Like, like, what are you supposed to take from that? Yeah. And I was, I was honestly, I was really trying to make the church still work right, at that yes. point. And I was just looking for any sort of comfort and peace. And instead, what I found was them slamming the door in my face saying, yeah. you don't belong here. Right. If you accept your daughter as she mm-hmm. is, you're wrong. And the church doesn't agree with it. Yeah. There's, you not, know? there's not really a place here for you. Yeah. We'll tolerate you. Mm-hmm. But you're, yeah, you're, it's just not going to work out until you, you fix every you fix those problems. Yeah. And one of the most recent ones was in just in June of 2020, there was a Supreme Court case over discrimination in the workplace. And the, the, the court actually ruled six, six to three in, in the decision for gay rights, for equality in the workplace. And the church per- participated in this one, too, mm-hmm. of course. They, um, they were part of an amicus brief stating that if they, as an employer, were required to not discriminate based on sexual orientation or gender identity, it would threaten their religious liberty. And they just want the right to discriminate when they're hiring people. Mm-hmm. So as, as an employer, that's what it was addressing. <laughs> so at this time, this was really funny because, first of all, it happened in June, which is Pride Month. This happened <laughs> during the pandemic, right? My daughter and I were really, I had left. I, I had officially, mentally, I was out. But my daughter was still trying to stay, right, mm-hmm. at this point. And she, so her birthday's in May. And so the bishop had called her in for, like, her birthday interview. And I I told her that I would go with her if she wanted me to. And, he's, and she said, no, I want to talk to him by myself. I'm good, you know. She's like, I've got some questions for him. Well, she came home after and she told me that she asked him, because she knew about this, mm-hmm. this uh, Supreme Court case, she said... Bishop, I still love the church and I want to be a part of it, but I need to know something. And he said, what is that? And she said, I need to know if my tithing money is going towards lawsuits and Supreme Court cases that fight against my rights. And the bishop was just like speechless. Mm-hmm. He he literally didn't know what to say. She said, he said to her, well... I'll have to look into that and I'll get back to you. He never got back to her. So she never paid another dime of tithing. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, what I picture in my mind is a general conference where Jesus gets up to the podium (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he says, I love you all, but if you're gay, this is a trial. You need to read your scriptures more more and fix yourself or you can't be with me you can't come back that's not the jesus christ that i grew up that that i love that i learned about yeah he's he's not about exclusion yeah he's about everyone come on in we've all got our faults we've all got our things we're working on Mm -hmm. come on in let's help each other 
Yeah. But the, the church is not set up that way. Yeah. Especially for this, they've really, really dug their heels in. Uh-huh. And I honestly think there's no turning back for them at this point. Yeah. They can't really soften much more. So to me, after, like, they're going to just keep losing, losing, losing members, members. because of this central issue. Uh-huh. Because everyone, how how many of us know someone who is, or love someone who is I don't know if gay? there's anyone who doesn't know someone mm-hmm. who's gay. Right? So Jesus is saying, you're, sorry, you're excluded. Mm-hmm. You can do everything right. You can be the best person in the world. And kind, giving. But if you want love. Right. But if you try to, yeah, if you try to love someone that, you know, and have a family and mm-hmm. your same sex, you've just, you know, you've lost your salvation right is mm-hmm. that is that what i'm getting oh yeah so jesus is stepping up mm-hmm. and saying <laughs> you're okay you're okay you're okay because you're a man and a you're straight yeah you're a man and a woman married but you're not okay because yeah. you're you're gay yeah sorry okay so this is really interesting because back in you know from 18 i don't know i'll just say 1850 i don't know the year but from 1850 until 1978 Jesus was standing up and saying that people of color were not okay Mm -hmm. and that they couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't have the priesthood. They couldn't have, they couldn't be sealed. So therefore that also means that they cannot have salvation, right? True. If you can't get to the temple, how are you supposed to? Right. So the parallels are fascinating because can you imagine if they had not given black people the priesthood, Back in 1978, the church would be obsolete Mm -hmm. at this point. Like, nobody would belong to the church. Right. And I think this is the same thing. Yeah. It is. It's just, it's another issue, but it's the same type of thing where if the church does not back down on this issue, Mm -hmm. the church will be obsolete in 15 years. I really think they will. It's straight up discrimination. Yeah. And I wonder if they'll just stop saying anything and just, like, let it happen. Like, yeah. just let it go yeah. to maintain this. Either that, or can you imagine, like, one one day in general conference, you know, sorry, but it'll have to be when Rusty's gone. <laughs> know, right? uh, and Oaks. Oaks has to be gone, too. Oaks, yeah. But maybe there's a chance after that, I don't know, uh, for them to come up, come up to the podium and say, we received a new revelation, mm-hmm. and isn't it glorious? Right. They'll put a spin on it. They'll, they'll say, we've been praying, we've been mm-hmm. hoping and praying, and now gay people can get married right. in the temple. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, I just don't think that. I mean, I just can't see it ever happening I with can't this. Either. With this, I can't either because they've been so digging in their it heels about would, it. It just would. It just. I think people would see right through it if they tried to allow it. Yeah. I think they might like tolerate it. Exclamation mark. You know. Yeah. But I, I don't see them the being able to get away with it. The only way they could is to really sell the idea that the church is still being restored. And that we're still receiving revelation oh, upon revelation, if anyone right? Anyone could put a spin on it. Yeah, they could. They'll they'll figure it out. They would. Yeah. They I don't think they will. I don't think they'll ever be okay with it unless we have like a really progressive leader at some point. This which one, I don't see anybody. Yeah, this being. the stance they've taken has been so extreme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They've taken it so far that mm-hmm. I, how could they how could they backpedal now? Yeah, I don't. And think not lose. I just. Yeah. They're stuck. And I think that's going to be their downfall. Well, and I even see them digging in their heels more in the last, co- since Rusty came along yes. than before. I mean, Gordon B. Hinckley or, and Monson, they said little things here and there. Right. But I just, 
it feels like it's way he's more. He's harsh. He is. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's harsh. He's and, like he's like a, a podium, you know. Yeah. puncher. He's just like this is how it is, and I think Oaks is the same way, and he's yeah. he's coming up next after him. But um, so we we mentioned at the beginning of the episode the the talk that. Jeffrey Holland gave last August mm-hmm. or whatever about um, he was actually just addressing the faculty and staff at, at, BYU. at BYU. Yeah. And he was basically like getting pissed at them for having any sort of acceptance and yes, tolerance it was towards gay terrible. people. And he's like, we need to be fighting against this a lot stronger. Um, you cannot, you cannot have rainbow flags in your, mm-hmm. in your rooms or in your offices. And you can't have, you know, you can't be, you can't be supporting right. LGBTQ well, rights. Wasn't there something about teachers had pictures of Jesus and not the prophet? And, oh my and, gosh. And he, he was saying, I, I, some, somewhere along the line that has Maybe. happened. Oh my gosh. Where it's like, where's the pictures of the the prophet? Where's the, the first presidency, you know? Yeah. In fact, I do know a story um, similar to that. I don't know if that the has seminary to do teacher, this. the seminary yes. teacher. Maybe yeah. That's right. But he I took down the say. pictures of the first presidency put and Jesus. Put up pictures of Jesus, lots of pictures of Jesus. And he got in trouble. Got in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how dare we worship Jesus? Mm-hmm. But back to Holland. Yeah. His talk was full of like violence. It was, oh, yeah. it was, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he using called for musket fire. Yes. He's, he's mm-hmm. yeah. It's just, it, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't he translate said, for what Jesus would Say right. What say? Not I just the want, Jesus. I thought I, I just knew. want them to think. Get up there and give Jesus your talk that you're just reading, Elder Holland. <laughs> yeah, and let him give it because yeah. you're speaking right. That's yes. what you told us. That's what we know that you're speaking for God. So Jesus is going to get up there and say, "Musket fire." Yeah, and we need a little more musket fire in defending marriage. We got it. Yes. As Which the- what do you picture when you hear that? A battle, a war. Uh-huh. Why? Why does it have to be a war? Us against them. It's so it's messed up. So so bad. And this talk was given within days. I can't remember if it was before or after. Um, a lesbian couple was murdered in Moab, Utah. Oh, yeah, wow. that happened the same week. I didn't know that. Yep, murdered mm-hmm. in Moab, Utah, for being gay. Right. I wonder where those ideas come from. Killing people who are different. Jesus. Than us. Yeah, Jesus clearly wants Jesus. That. <laughs> I just don't know how we have the, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the prophets will never lead you astray. I want you to go back and, and have Jesus read some of these talks over the podium at General Conference that, yeah. they've, that they've given. Yeah. That exclude people mm-hmm. that are discriminatory. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah. It's, uh, if, I bet Jesus is offended. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. So, yeah, I just, it, this is such a big issue for me. If, if you want to like learn more about some of the ways that the church has changed its stance on gay people, um, read Gay Rights in the Mormon Church by Greg Prince. Um, that's a really good book and, and it basically goes over a lot of the stuff I've Mm -hmm. talked about today. It's, it's just mind blowing to me that it really feels like they're just like, they're just like talking out of their asses half the time. They're just trying to, they're like, clearly their own bias is playing a role. Well, it's church versus state. Like, why are they in the legislature? Why are they messed in politics? And yep. what's even crazier is they have so much money, mm-hmm. they can make change. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, they've had a huge control over the Utah laws for yeah. as long as Utah. That's all. I mean, that is a that's that a is given, a fact, right? and we just know that that like we're never gonna be free of it because there's too many politicians in Utah who are Mormon, mm-hmm. and it's just so that's that's never gonna change, and mm-hmm. that's frustrating to me because really the lines between church and state are so blurred. Mm-hmm. It's it's never gonna. I don't know if that's ever gonna be better, but for me, seeing how wrong the church has been on the gay issue is the biggest reason why I lost all my faith in their authority mm-hmm. and their ability to speak for God. Right. And, and you know, the fact that they were, you know, the only people who mm-hmm. had authority to speak for God. It's just like, nope, that's bullshit. I don't yeah. believe it anymore. No, nope. I, I yeah. reject that concept. And so that's kind of when that came about. Yeah. Was make, basically learning how, how wrong they are I on just, the gay issue. I, think- I know they're wrong. Right. I, I think there's a lot of people who are active in the church who are really struggling with this one. Yes. Yes, there Real, are. Maybe they have a child that mm-hmm. is gay or, um, you know, a family member or neighbor that, that they love and adore. Mm-hmm. But as far as Jesus is concerned, you you don't get to live with him Yeah, because of that. Yeah. And I, I remember before my daughter came out, years, years and years before, I knew a few people that came out. I, I started, I had a nephew and, and a cousin and, and things like this. And I kept seeing that kids who were gay, their parents kept leaving the church. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's so weird to me. Why did they need to leave mm-hmm. the church? Or why did they lose their testimony just because they have a gay child? Well, now I understand. Now it. you get it. Because it crumbles when you recognize that you cannot support your child, and also support a church who fights against you them. You can't. Once you recognize that there's no middle ground it here. Will, it will destroy you if yes. you try to do that. Yes, and it almost yeah. did. Like, I literally spent every Sunday crying. Mm-hmm. And in Relief Society, you constantly, you don't realize how much this issue comes mm-hmm. up and how hurtful the things are that they say well, about it. The church is all about families are forever. <laughs> yeah. And... They are the only ones that know the plan to get mm-hmm. you back so that you can all live forever. Mm-hmm. So when you have a child come out as gay, yeah. game over. Yeah. Right? Your family can't You be... can try to fix them. Yeah. But if they decide to have an authentic, healthy, loving relationship and mm-hmm. be themselves for the rest of their lives, then you enjoy them now because they're not going to be with you. <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. Totally. And there was no way that I could convince myself that you know, loving my daughter could, could work and, and fully embracing her. So you right? have to make a choice. There, there might be a tolerance of her. Right. Is that enough? Are no. you okay with that? No, no, I was never okay with so that. So you got to make a choice. Do you, yeah. Do you I really love did. the church more or do you love your daughter more? Yeah. It's a no brainer. So then, you know, yeah. you can, now you can see why people are And eating. it's, and it's never, you know, Put in in those words no, like you've got to choose, not. and I do think there's a lot of people who are really trying. trying to make it work. Yes, bless their hearts. Yes, they really are. They're trying to love their kid and be supportive, right. and they're also trying to stay in the church. It has to be just so it's painful. heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah, it really is painful because it's it's just ripping you in two, and and I couldn't do it anymore. I just think, and so for all of those reasons, it's just like, well, the church. That the prophet does not speak for God. Nope. I, I can't accept that as truth. And any once longer. that's gone, yeah, it's all gone. Yeah, right. It it's, all crumbles. Yeah, it's gone. So, so yeah, that I I keep hoping that things might get better. 
only for the sake of people who are trying, right. who are in the church. For their sake, I want them to feel some there peace are, and happiness. There's such goodness that yeah. that happens in, in the organization, the church, the wards. Mm-hmm. There is. It's great yeah. people. There's so much goodness. But we have to take the blinders off and really recognize that there is some really hurtful, damaging. Yeah, damaging doctrine. Yes, that's that's taking place. That's still so. being taught. And I, I wish that it felt like people in the church could make a difference. Because I believed that at one time. Mm-hmm. I thought that we could well, make a difference. Well, I think they have. No, yeah. I think they have. Like the, the what was the, the prop in 2018 where children could not get baptized until they're 18 if they lived with yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yes. Two years later, it yeah. uh, was reversed. I, and there was a huge uproar from the... from. That's true. So I think that Maybe they, they, they are to make the difference. making a difference. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be enough. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. It'll be interesting to see what happens because I really believe that if they do not change significantly, the church will be obsolete in yeah. 15 years. We, our generations have changed too much. Our mindset is is not the same as it yeah, was as it in was. 1960. Yep. Yep. But, you know, For coming sure. back to what David said, yeah, there is, church can be a great place to be. You yeah. Can, you can find, you know, friends and support and your community there. You you can learn about Jesus. There is so much goodness. Yeah. You can feel but it's great coming, feelings it's that I would have from, called the spirit. It's coming from the people. Uh-huh. It's, it's coming from, it's not, it's not. There are a lot of good people yeah. in the church that really have, like, honest to goodness, the best intentions. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. And once you don't have the prophet who you thought was the one you're supposed to mm-hmm. do everything he says, once you know that that's not truth, mm-hmm. all you are left with is yourself. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm having to learn that yeah. now. Like, it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. In fact, mm-hmm. I think we should do a whole podcast episode about that because I think the church ingrains in us from a very early age that we can't trust ourselves. Yeah, it's true. That we need to trust. It's, yeah, doubt your doubts. I mean, it's that yeah. dark talk. All the things. Always in my head. Yep. But learning to trust yourself, you just trust yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can figure it out. Yeah. You got this. That's honestly what got me to where I'm at now yeah. is that for just a split second, I realized that I could trust myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that changes but, everything. But you're, you still are unlearning a lot oh, yeah. of this you stuff. You still have to unlearn. Oh, But it's so nice when you start to shed yes. all of that. So. Yeah. I think I think we've covered everything. Yeah. It's probably been a really long episode. I do want to say again that if you're enjoying our content and you like listening to this series, go to dissidentdaughters.org. And in the menu bar, there's an option to donate You can sign up for a reoccurring donation, even just $5 a month. It would be amazing. Uh, You can also donate at mormondiscussionspodcast.org and you can select Dissident Daughters uh, under that umbrella and you can donate directly to us. So uh, if you like our content, go Ada, go Esther. We love love doing this. This is fun. (laughs) And Bill likes us. And Bill likes us. And we like Bill. (laughs) We love Bill. Bill Real uh, is the Mormon Discussions podcast, uh, and he has made it possible for us to do this. So we really love and appreciate him. And and he's giving us so much good feedback, and and we're loving this. This has been a lot of fun. So we are going to try to not have such a long break in between this one and the next one, but... 
like we've said before, we have busy, crazy yeah. lives, but we're, we're trying. We'll, <laughs> That's we'll all keep we the content do. coming. Keep trying. And as long as you keep listening, we'll keep trying to, to, to put more content out. So yeah, Thank give us you. some feedback. Let us know what you think. Yeah. And if you have any ideas for topics that you want us to cover, we have a few, we have a few planned, but we are always open. More fluid. We're fluid. Yes. <laughs> we are open to suggestions, questions, comments, feedback, um, but only if you have nice things to say. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. See you next time. Bye.